Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Welcome to Episode One of... The Snyder Cut. It has finally arrived, people. I have convinced Collider to give me my own podcast after a year of guesting on everyone else's show here. I now have my own show, and I had to uh, – I, I picked the Snyder Cut just to troll you people, just to troll the fans out there uh, because I can and because I love the name. It is a great name, guys. Uh, and so what is this show? I don't know what this show is going to be. I think that we're, you know it's going to be very similar – to uh, the show that I had on, on, on the Popcorn Talk Network, Meet the Movie Press, that I hosted with Simon Thompson. Hopefully, we'll be able to get Simon Thompson in here. Hopefully, we'll get Mark Riley in here and get some, re, you know, an, uh, an MTMP reunion, if you will. Uh, I think we're going to go over some news. We're going to drop some rumors and some scoops and, and things like that. Uh, maybe things that don't necessarily belong in, in a fully published report on Collider.com. But, you know, make for interesting, you know, gristle for the rumor mill, if you will. Uh, I'm going to tell you about the movies that I've seen. Since I, you know, don't really get a chance to talk about all the indies that I see, uh, I'm going to tell you about the TV I'm watching. We're going we're gonna to have a blast in here. I'm hopefully going to get some industry guests. And so I have to tell you guys that the first person that I reached out to for this podcast was Zack Snyder. I asked Zack Snyder if he would come on the Snyder Cut. We didn't even necessarily have to discuss the Snyder Cut and all the drama surrounding that. But it turns out he's making a movie called Army of the Dead for Netflix and was not available. I totally understand. And so... And so I got my second choice, guys. And that is my old pal and current rival, but dear friend, Justin Kroll from Variety. What's up, dude? Welcome back. <laughs> I'm glad I'm the first one here. This you, is great. You are. It all. It's all going to start with you. Five years, uh, you know, in the future when the show gets picked up by somebody big. So you asked him how long. I actually think if if this kind of like takes off, yeah. How long do you think before he does come on? Like, I mean, I think th- I think I could maybe get him on when because I think you'll find this when funny. Army of the Dead, you know, basically sure. comes out on Netflix I next think, year. I think he find it funny. I, I think really so, too. I think it's a great name for a podcast. Listen, everybody's searching the Snyder Cut online. Anything <laughs> that you say about the Snyder Cut is going to get traffic. So you know what? I'm taking it over. I'm hijacking the term. It's now mine. If they misspell it. Because right. you spell your name differently. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is just a little detail there. Um, but anyways, guys, where do we want to start? Should we start with all this big news that came out of Marvel sure. last week? I mean, because I, I didn't get to weigh in on all the Comic-Con craziness. There was a lot going down. For me, the highlight of everything was Mahershala Ali as Blade. That is crazy. I know that, that that's coming years away. Did you see that coming, Kroll? No, because it was like... Because they're not developing the movie right now. They weren't developing the film right now. No one know because it was back and forth whether it be like the Netflix series back in the, like there's always talk of that to be like with Punisher and uh, Luke Cage and Daredevil and those all went away obviously because of the Disney Plus stuff. Mm-hmm. So Blade kind of no one was talking about it. It certainly doesn't have wasn't the being developed the way Eternals or a Black Widow film was where like you know usually what Feige does is finds a writer right and then they develop the script and then when that's ready. They then get director, and yep. then they find, like, you know, occasionally the star, like, or at the very least, like, um, I think with uh, Captain Marvel, they had a writer, Foundry, and then the directors, the director right, the directors thing. came on There's after Brie Larson, right? you, Like, developing the actual film with no actor yet is unique. 
Um, so yeah, no one saw it coming. No one had thought about it because, especially with Disney and all that, Blade is what it is. I mean, they still haven't really said if Blade is going to be like the Wesley, the like the, the Blade we grew up with with Wesley right. Snipes, Hard R. You know, it uh, seems like it would be. It seems like it. You know, I mean, I. To me, it's going to look very different because the whole thing with Blade is and Wesley is the martial arts. That's what made him so unique is the way he wielded the sword and right. how he kicked ass. Can we swear on this, by the way? Yeah, okay. we can. I think, I, I think, I think so. Didn't know the rules. This is an R-rated thing. podcast. Um, so what Mahershal is bringing to – because Mahershal's never done like an action-heavy set like ever. I can't think right, of like uh, even, Ali, even Ali, Alita, but he's not like the one who's performing yeah. all the crazy action stuff. So very unique. Um, the backstory is interesting about them sitting down. Um, obviously now he is a leading man. He doesn't want to take supporting roles. Um, we'll see if he's still – I mean he's stuck in the mar- – like now he – but he gets his Marvel character or comic book character. But um, it will – like that said, this was far, far away. Like from what I understand, they haven't even – it's like early stages of meeting right. writers. I, like the stuff they unveiled, you're like, oh, wow, they have all this. And they didn't mention Captain Marvel or Black Panther. It's I, like, that, I know. That's crazy that they didn't mention Black, Black Panther too. I really like the Doctor Strange news that it's going like, to lean into horror. Yes. Uh, I really like that title as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sh- Shang-Chi announcement was cool. That – what? I have a story on that. So Ooh, go tell, ahead. No, no, no. Tell, tell me. So this is – this whole Shang-Chi thing was pretty funny. So I was – you know, and with my job, it, I will say, so I'll, diving into my world, it is funny when, you know, if you, f- whenever I describe my job, I say I'm like Adam Schefter or like Ian Rappaport or Adrian Wojciechowski, like of movies. The difference is, those, bomb. is those guys, <laughs> those guys are on television and right. they're breaking news on Twitter all the time. That is such a luxury for them. Like if I could like. Since I work for a site, my my variety wants me to have the link before I post anything. They right, want the, exactly. the it simultaneous break, so I can't like I when I need to break something immediately, I have to have a story and ready to go. Right, and it does slow down the process a little bit. Um, so you know, I I just don't tweet out as much because. You know they want stories. No, you got to protect they, it, and you're, well, you're also, being paid to, to drive traffic also, to variety. If, if it can be made a story, they would prefer that. So, of course. But I've been doing it more and more. So I got a tip, like um, the Friday before Comic Con, um, was I was at, work was done. I was like grabbing a drink with a buddy, and a source reached out, and he's like, "Hey, by the way, they have test offers that are going out to for Shang Chi." Right. All my guys struck out, but like happy hunting. I'm like, all right. Were there any recognizable names on that list, or was it mostly unknowns? I never got a single name. Oh, okay. okay no, okay. no names like across. Right, just like, that they're so, testing. So, like, you know, so I couldn't. I, I actually, I got that on Thursday because on Friday I was chasing it, and everybody said, "Yeah, my like they're looking for discoveries, you know, all this stuff." Every person I reached out to, they all said like, "I don't have a guy in the mix." So Saturday rolls around. I'm like. Watching a baseball game, I was in my backyard. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna like tweet this in. Like, and I had a sense someone. That, would that's be- how you know you made it in L.A. By the way, when you have, when you've had a backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. So I was like, you know, I'd fuck it. I'm just gonna like, like I, I like this can't be a story because I have no names. Right. Why don't I just like like and I and to me they're gonna announce this 
at Comic Con. I just have a feeling. So why right. Don't I just, you felt like, like they were trying to get their guy so in I shot before they had to announce. Two tweets. I was like, you know, no names, but I'm hearing they're sending out Teft offers for right. the Shang Chi. You know, it was like a Comic Con update. We'll, and I was like, we'll see if it makes it to Saturday. Like, right. if they're handing out test offers, it's a short list probably. Um, and, not, a te- and a test offer for those who are listening, it means basically that you've already agreed in principle to yes. what the deal will be. So, and so if they pick you, like then there's, there's no it's negotiating. Deal. Right. It's done deal. It's already over. So and test offers usually have about like a four to six week uh, grace period. So I was like, all right, like I'm just gonna tweet this out, and then I, you know, I got some pickup on my hand. I found out on Monday. I was like driving to work, found out from our Chinese um, bureau. That in China they don't have Twitter. It's illegal. It's banned. It's Weibo, they, isn't it? They have Weibo. Yeah. So what happened was someone screenshotted it, put it on Weibo, and it had a hundred million views in like Hong Kong. Uh-huh. That does nothing for me. I got no new followers. <laughs> right. I just got put on like the Hong Kong <laughs> he's, watch list. He's or huge something. on Weibo. <laughs> so that was actually like a, if you Google <laughs> dissident that, journalist that story, there's just a story written in Variety about my tweet. Justin Kroll's okay. tweet goes off. So I spend the whole week and I still can't get anything. Wait, wait, wait. that's a that's a variety story. Yeah, they, my can I tw- find that online? Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look yeah. that up after the show. Go on. <laughs> so, um, so I spend all week trying to figure out change. It's just like we had, I had a pre-written, I had a, a filler story as we call it, where it had all the details and pretty much when the name it was like I just told the web it's like our person Matt Donnelly will be covering. Told Matt. I was like, listen, all you have to do is put the name in, right. I, and then you can add, fill in later. Mm-hmm. Like within the breaking news world, like all we like, we will update as it goes. Right. But I, I got the director in there. What the like, pretty much used so previous it's a pre- stories. Pre-written story, yeah. exactly. A lot of pre-written stories in, in this uh, new era. Um, so mm-hmm. I am <laughs> Justin Kroll is a man who, if nothing else, is prepared. Very at the very least. Driving back, so Saturday comes around. I'm just, I'm just under the impression this is going to break, at, and I've given up at this point. Driving back from a three-year-old's birthday party on Saturday afternoon, um, I'm, like, going over, like, Laurel Canyon, and my phone go- is going off, and it's from the source. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this kid's not calling me on a Saturday afternoon. I, I know what he's calling about. Um, pick up the phone. He's like, listen, um, you know, I know who it is, um, or I think I know who it is. I'm not 100% pertinent. They're going to announce it, but, like, if you want to have something ready, like, here you go. But like, I don't know anyone who's ever 100% on anything. Yeah. <laughs> so they're not going to confirm it. So I was just like, well, let's, like, write a, a separate story and, uh-huh. and let the web know if this name is announced. Here we go. So I have to rush home. I'm, like, writing a story on Saturday, which doesn't make my wife do that. She's, like, angry now that right. I've, like, now divulged work time for, like – and the funny thing is I wrote the story and now I'm just refreshing Twitter. Like, right. getting like getting ready to tell – like, either telling him, like, don't post or getting ready to do posts. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, the guys um, – Simu uh, – how do you pronounce the name? I, I, that's the – I don't know. Simu Lu. Simu, Simu Lu. Simu Lu is, is the guy. Um Surprised everyone. Obviously, the tweets from his past where he's like vouching for himself Adorable. actually worked. Yeah, very charming. Unlike, this unlike, guy's like, very Tyrese charming Gibson on social media. Or Terry Crews. Like, <laughs> we actually have people that like. Um, That's what you need to do. You need to be your own best sort of. You also need. Right? You also need to like meet the director and all that stuff, which his <laughs> that, agent that was able to get get to do. But um, yeah, I, I you know so, I like Aquafina. I like Tony Luga's The Mandarin. Like bringing that back. Um, well, you know, I'm, what your thoughts on but, that? I'm curious. I mean, listen, I, I'm not very familiar with his body of work. Uh, I think it's great that they're that they're doing this in, in the first place, and I think that uh, it could do really well. I mean, it sounds like Mulan is shaping up to. Well, I do mean, really my tweet well. alone, like obviously this right, this exactly. will hit China. Like I, I think Mulan like a, and Shang Chi, they're really. And again, this was it was smart. Like Disney was like, we need Chinese. Right. Like I don't want 
Asian. We we right. need this like that. That was their thing right. with we're not Mulan. Have a higher like, they, like I know people like that couldn't get Chinese. the meeting because there were twenty percent English. Right. Like like Henry Golding couldn't get Shang Chi. Um, so that's interesting. It's it's and but, and honest and like they're they're fighting for that and you know I I really feel like it's um it's an interesting you know it will be interesting to see I. I Want to see obviously this new wave of films? It'll be interesting, but I like the directors that De- they've. Yeah, I they've, like Destin Daniel Crichton a lot, and I like Chloe for Eternals, and we'll see how everything shapes up with Black Widow. Um, the one yeah. I was tracking uh, uh, for, from all that MCU madness was uh, Nat- Natalie Portman and her, oh, and really? her return. Yeah, yeah. All right, can we talk about that? Yeah. What do you think about Thor four? I think it's a cop out for everyone involved. Yeah, I, I was like, why are why is right, why, why are we stretching this out? You're right. They why are we on the on. fourth four, Thor? Why is this happening? Like, I thought everybody. I thought the, because Men in Black didn't do well. He's like, get me Thor four immediately. Sure, that's. I mean, smart. Like the fact they can get it good, but I thought like this is a Marvel question more. Like, right. Why are we extend? Like, I thought Endgame ended a majority. A like, ended curious. the Avengers thing outside. I Even think Black Widow's a prequel. It's because, yeah, they're like pivoting, you know, with this franchise. And I think it's going to be – obviously the third film was very different from the first like two. Like Taika too, like all of it just feels what, – what, Are you hearing anything about Taika? Like obviously this guy's great with the press. Uh, I, I've had, uh, you know, good interactions with him. But it's – you know, he's burned Netflix now, leaving the Bubbles movie. Well, he, Warner Brothers felt – He burned the Warner I, Brothers. I mean, if you read my Akira story when he they left – They were caught by surprise, weren't they? They were not happy. Yeah, it's, I'm telling you. It's he, the two major studios, Netflix and Warner Brothers, being like, uh, Taika Waititi, what's going on? I mean, <laughs> listen, I mean, it's like – Fox Disney seems to like him right now because Jojo Rabbit's coming sure. out. Sure, and, and he's, he's the villain in Free Guy. And um, and Free Guy, and like to me, I guess Tyke can just say, "Well, I got Disney in my life. right." And that, I, that's listen, may be all you need if you get if you're gonna get, if the idea is to continue to be relevant and have jobs. So if like, and I, I mean, from what I understand, they're still writing that script. So maybe he squeezes something else in. Right. I don't know. Maybe another Jojo Rabbit type, but a not lot, an Akira. A lot of people, by the way, came out of the woodwork to be like, "This means like bad things for Jojo Rabbit." Like, what? Yeah, and I was like, "How so?" Like it, if, he would take I will a say this: job if, like Thor Four, I've heard Disney, good things about Jojo Rabbit. I, well, Disney had the option probably not to release it, but like they are. So like if like right. women in the window gets pushed because it looks bad, Jojo Rabbit they're advertising. But is it one of those releases where they're just doing it because they want to be you know stay in business with Tiger or no. something like that? They, they, um, no, they don't. I, no, I've, listen, I, I've heard good things. I thought it looked good. What did you think of that trailer? I just, that it was teaser. short, quick. Like I mean, like it, I mean, I, we know like it, for someone that has no idea what this is, it's like what the hell is this? But like. What was it like forty five seconds? Like I, I don't. I still yeah, yeah, don't yeah. have no idea what's going on. Okay. Really, looked like a Wes Anderson film. Should we um, move on from the MCU? Yeah. Let's talk about Halloween. You want to do Halloween next? Yeah. I want to I get some, some news up front. I want to okay. get it out of the Go way. Uh, so, Your order is off then, so okay. Oh, oh eh, whatever. We, we can talk about that next. <laughs> but uh, I don't care. Halloween, um, obviously starting to cast up. We, we know Jamie Lee Curtis is returning. I've Back-to-back got, shoots. Yeah, back-to-back shoots. Halloween kills Broken Halloween Broken by ends. Jeff Snyder. Yeah, I, I'd heard. I, I don't know that I broke the back the back thing. I think that actually caught me by surprise. But it's pretty cool. I just figured that there's no way that they were going to be released within the same month. That's that. That would have been crazy. Oh, crazy. But Judy Greer, Andy Manichak, not officially announced, very likely to return. Uh, but the interesting thing that I've heard is that uh, Tommy Doyle, the character from mm-hmm. the original film and who was later played by Paul Rudd, which one is he in? Do you know? It's a trivia for you. Is it? Yeah, I, I don't know off the top five. of my head. Is H two O or is it? The Tommy last Doyle one? is in. Oh, five. oh okay. He okay, is okay. the like like friend of what's her name? So he's not in the original. 
I had that wrong. He is not in the first film. He is in the, the, the Tommy Doyle played by Paul Rudd in the sixth movie was in the fifth film as okay. the like friend the in the boy, like no. weird, he's the little boy that helps. What's her name? Um, what was her name? All right, well, then I should have gotten my facts straight. <laughs> Danielle something. Um, Danielle Harris. Harris, who yeah, was in yeah. four and five, and in uh, he, she was also in uh, the the. Rob Zombie ones too, I believe. Not in the same. We're home. getting off track. Tommy Doyle. I but know. Tommy I, Doyle was has been right. like this is like sinking in the whole world again. Tommy Doyle was in has is a part in the Halloween universe, and they're now bringing him into David Orton Green's universe. Yes, exactly. Uh, Tommy Doyle will be coming back. Now I understand that they went out to to Paul Rudd. They wanted Rudd, but they actually just realized he couldn't do it because of scheduling. I guess so. It sounds like they're going out to someone else. Okay. The facts are a little weary on that. On what exactly. That ends up being um, that would I have mean, been so cool if they could have gotten Paul Rudd I mean, they back. Still though, Tommy Doyle. somehow do it. I, I I haven't gotten clarity, but it's not, someone has made it. Two people have made it clear. There's someone else they yeah. already have. So, I, I think that the Ghostbusters shoot is definitely going past September. Yes, because that's a big movie, and the Halloween shoots are actually pretty quick. Yeah. So, um, I mean, maybe they make it work. I mean, uh, but but yeah, it's unlikely. still like. This is still unique. How they're like it truly shows David and and Danny McBride are like real fans, and that they of, understand this mythology and yeah. all that. Which I, apparently I don't. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, like I just I always watch like AMC's Fear Us, and I always end up fi- finding myself watching four and five. There's like, a lot which of are bad movies. Listen, there's a lot of mythology in the Halloween franchise. I cannot keep it all no. straight. I watched all those movies when I was a kid. I have not like revisited Halloween it's, five or six in years. I, I'll listen. I'll give you this much. You know, we just talked about the MCU now. Halloween. I, I mean, can you think of in the last twenty years better, or at least this decade, people that have been better producers than Feige and Blum? No, they're I mean, just. I, I think they're so good. Some, man. Someone put forth uh, like the five top stories that you know outside of. Uh, you know, BS casting, stuff like that. The, the, the biggest industry stories of the year, uh, of the decade or the millennium. And I think Marvel was one. Yeah. That's Feige. He's synonymous with Marvel. And the other was Blumhouse. They really have, like, changed the game. It's no longer guys like Bruckheimer leading the way. Well, it's just like, I, I mean, they've changed. What they, how Bruckheimer and Joel Silver handled their business in the 90s and 2000s is different than what, those these two guys did in the 2010s, and obviously universe and understanding universes, understanding right. brands, and like you know being faithful and business. They're they're very good businessmen. They're very good at store at like mm-hmm. at, at handling at balancing story. Like just I, I still like listen. I don't think Endgame deserves a best picture, but it's still freaking impressive how they got all these people to come. How this story ended up where it was with all those people. All those actors who are fucking busy and somehow like and, and right. made it work. It's a feat of producing. Yeah, and with Blum, he's just that could win the PGA award this year. I won't put it past Endgame to do that. I will, I'm, I'm like I'll be curious to see how like what the award season views these things because right. I still feel like they're like we gave. I mean, Deadpool did get in there, so maybe I'm, I'm wrong, but um. But and then on Blum, it's just like his business model. Like everybody kind of tries to copy it. And he just like he's not only great at like that horror thing, but also like diving, like revisiting stuff. But this, like it didn't happen overnight. 
It didn't. No. Be- because, you know, not only did I used to work for Blumhouse and felt comfortable going over <laughs> to Variety because I felt like, you know, what what is going on at this company? Back then, there wasn't much. This was before Paranormal yeah. Activity. Paranormal Activity obviously changed Blumhouse forever, put Jason on a different tier in Hollywood. Then he started churning out so many movies, you know, they would just disappear. And you'd be like, two, two three years later, you'd be like, you see it on Netflix or something. Remember, That's- it was kind of like a joke. Well, there was a great story about Kim Masters like four or five years ago about just like – all these films just sitting in purgatory right, exactly. that are finished, and you know that's. But that I, doesn't happen these so days. So I've heard an interesting thing because one person he's getting a bit like is Amazon. There's an Amazon element, and I, and I have heard that there's a world where he would pr- develop new stuff, but also stuff that is just waiting. He would send it to the the VOD, like their their Amazon Prime service, right. just because Amazon's trying to fill that content. Well, there's so many platforms, so, you know, these days. And for I found that kind of fascinating. Um, but the, what's crazy is is his whole model is yeah, I'll, I'll spend. Thirty million on, a, on on fifteen on ten films, and right. if one works, that ends it up makes covering, up for, it makes up them. for everything. I mean, you know, his budgets are between five and ten million dollars or whatever. But I just uh, what's genius is he gets great slots from yes. Universal. Uh, that that's really like half the battle well, that's, is picking that's a release again, date. Going to Universal and Disney distribution wise, they're awesome at just locking in those right. slots. Um, yeah. Uh, but like I can't even remember the last Blumhouse flop or the last movie that like got sent to VOD. Like he's been very consistent lately. He's kind of had the Midas touch. Well, he's also and been the doing hunt, like the Hunt looks really good. Yeah, and he's also diving into uh, he you know he kind of wants an Oscar too because he was oh he definitely does we, or, or an <laughs> Emmy or some recognition like the loudest voice people forget that was him. Yeah, that's his. He, he's producing the which Roger is great, Ailes, absolutely awesome. great. The Roger Ailes awesome. series that Russell if he doesn't no, win he, that he, he, listen Jason I know and Whiplash people forget was, that was him really too. bummed that he did not get to produce Wild La La Land. Land. Yes, that like he, well that's <laughs> he a nice re- way of putting it. By right, the way. exactly. Exactly. Um, um, so he he is hungry for that uh, and that he looks. Oscar. That too. So, like, he's not against going for those things. Speaking of guys who are good businessmen, Quentin Tarantino apparently owns like the, the his movie after like ten or twenty years, thirty years. I think is it, it was. thirty. Yes, 30. I, think, I thought uh, the THR he, story sources differed. Yeah, but but it's not just well when, when he's an older guy. It's basically when Rothman and all these other people will have moved on. Like, isn't it safe if you're Rothman? And I don't know who has to ultimately sign off on something like that. If that's like the CEO of Sony or Sony's lawyers or whatever. But like, if you're Tom Rothman, it's like sure, whatever you want. I, I will be here. Yeah, take, Listen, take the copyright. In 20 when they years. were bidding for this, that's basically what they were doing. It's right. like whatever you want, whatever you want, right? Whatever you want, and <laughs> you can see in this film, um, right? But yeah, man, I, I, that was some impressive stuff right there. The whole the, this whole deal for him to get this, I, I think, is very impressive. So, so so let's talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and and so we are going to get into spoilers, guys. I got cut out of the spoiler. Uh, review. I was going to do it with Christian and Roca here, and then they ended up filming it without me, so I didn't get to talk about the third act of this film. I alluded to it in Jeff my probably should have said, review. like, just don't listen to this podcast before watching that, but yeah, stop yeah, watching. Yeah, basically, don't don't listen. Don't go any further Fast you forward, seen yeah, the go see, Yeah, start this again on Monday, but yeah, we want to get into some spoilers. Okay. I thought I gave them a film a seven out of ten, and really I wanted to give it a seven a seven point five. But Roger told me no decimals before the show, so I went with a seven instead of an eight. Uh, for me, it was the ending. It lost me at the end. The third act of this film, which again last last chance, 
Okay. So the third act of this film finds Tex Watson and two of the Manson girls going to the wrong house, and they go to Rick Dalton's house, Leonardo DiCaprio's house, and they are greeted by Brad Pitt and his and his dog. Uh, and basically, they all get killed. Leo and Brad take take them out. And it just kind of puts the Sharon Tate it, – it, it turns Sharon Tate into like a red herring because that house, you know, it's they just it's left alone. And I would have loved the finale if Brad and, and Leo had been over there visiting, her, uh, the, you know, the neighbors and then had to defend them from the Manson family attacking that home. But I don't know. It just, it just didn't – it didn't satisfy me. All right. I, I gave it an A. I don't do numbers. I gave it an A. It's my third favorite Tarantino film with Pulp and Django at top two still. You thought this was better than Bastards and yes. Dogs and, and yes. Jackie Brown? Wow, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. I think – well, Jackie Brown's seven for me. Okay, okay. Not a Jackie <laughs> Brown fan. No, I do. But, I, I love all his stuff, but it's just – that's right. how good he is. Um, I, I So uh, full disclosure, my mom fed me Combat, Bonanza, Big Valley – all those old shows growing up when I was like six, seven, eight, nine, wow. like that. She just fed that. So the bounty law stuff, all that early stuff in this film, I really like ate up and enjoyed. Um, and on top of that, like this, this film of an end of an era, because everything about this is the end of the flower era with the Manson stuff. Even though they don't kill Sharon, it's still like it, 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 it that that era in general is what it ended. Even though they changed it, the end of Rick's career and that that kind of what he is that speed. You know, there's a great. Um, moment with him and uh, Al Pacino early on where Al's talking about you're, you're going in as the heavy and you keep getting beat up and by the end you're, that's where your career is just going down, down, down. Right. And that pretty much symbolizes what he is trying to do the rest of the film. And the, the, and by far the, the, the thing I – and what that also symbolizes is also the trajectory of a friendship between him and Cliff. And at the end of the day, this film is about friendship. Yes. Because when those two guys are together, I feel I'm with them. I'm one of the buddies. Like, like their chemistry. I think it's a top three pit performance. He, he. My, I talked to my dad on the way over here. He just saw it um, this morning, and he. The time difference in Michigan called me. He said, "I liked it, didn't love it, but Pitt's awesome." And I agreed. And I've been telling like people are all on Leo. I'm on Pitt. Um, the dog. I, I, I am on Pitt as well. I think Brad Pitt is incredible in this movie. I think he's the heart and soul yeah, of it. He, he he's, just he, he's he knows Lee, he knows Quentin's dialogue. I under like and by the way, I walked out of this and I can see your perspective. I can see our uh, we have a mutual friend who didn't like the bounty law stuff at the beginning. I can see you know a friend who doesn't I, I, a coworker who didn't like the the um, the storyline. Um, so I, I will understand the you know. The the opinion uh, here, but um, but at the same time, I uh, I, I don't know, man. I just ate, and by the time I got to the ending, and and to me the the I understand people are like the controversy of it. Like I still what they did to the I know the Manson family in a way. I they still I know what they were going to do. I know what they were intending to do. So what ended up happening to them, I had no problem with because they still resemble evil to me. Sure. But that's because you're familiar with that story and I'm familiar with that story. But as the average you know, 18-year-old who may be a Tarantino fan, are they familiar with the Manson murders? Well, then, uh, yes. 
I, th- I really think Manson like carries over. I think if you're seeing this film, he, and he you've definitely been war- haunts this film. Like, he's, yeah. like he like, looms if, over if, like a specter. If you're a f- going to see this movie, you're not. You haven't. It's not the first Tarantino film you've seen. You know his history, so you're going to look up to like what's this about? Oh, the Manson stuff. What's that have to do? Maybe you do too much deep diving because honestly, I haven't really gone full in, and I don't really want to. See, I read Helter Skelter this summer in preparation for, for this and for Mindhunter, and, and so it is kind of fresh in my mind. And I, I and I'll put it this way: I may be guilty of reviewing the movie I wanted to see instead of the movie that I actually saw. You know, like I, because I had certain expectations, and I knew that, that that he was going to subvert those expectations. I didn't realize how he was going to do it. Um, you know, one one problem that I had, even beyond the, the you know the the end of it, which was fun to watch, like it was great seeing them, you know, like, when, get, when, get attacked. When and the everything. one girl jumps through the pool and Rick just goes, ah! <laughs> right. it was it was it was cool, and it, but it, but it didn't have weight to me. I didn't feel like, oh, I'm going to be rewatching this ten years from now, like it being in awe. But what got me. Was the That's the beauty of his movies, though. Is you, you don't you walk out of there and you really don't know until you watch it five, ten years from now. Right. I'm rewatching Django recently, and walking in, I like I love Django, and like I've seen like rewatching again on like Paramount Network. Stop and watch everything, and I'm still like, this is still awesome. <laughs> and that's, I, I just I wish it had been Sharon Tate having the conversation so with, with Leo at the, yeah. at the end of the driveway, and, and and I know that she's you know is talking on the speakerphone, and so she's a disembodied presence. She's there, but she's not there. But I I would have liked, and I, I'm glad that Quentin wanted to write something where, where Sharon Tate gets a happy ending in the end. It was uh, an odd choice. I'll give you that. Like when yeah. when you when. Leo turns to talk. You think Margot, like Sharon's going to be there. Right. It was interesting she wasn't. So like, what does that like? Like, like what, what would that have hurt to have her? Ends, why not just have her down? It there? Ends with a conversation between honestly, Leo and Emil Hirsch. Like, why? If, if there's one, I, I, honestly, I would like if I had a question to ask out of everything, maybe that would be like, what would have hurt to have Margot be down there with Emil or uh, Jay and Sharon? Right. Sorry, um, my so. This film premiered in Cannes, and everyone who saw it there that was a coworker, a friend of ours, had like was like, I won't spoil it, but they, they still were spoiling the fact that there was revisionist history in this. Which I expected, though. Yeah. Didn't you expect it? Well, when I, I still was annoyed that people were telling me there was <laughs> – they played with history. The point is, though, is like there's a scene where Margot is – or Sharon is training with Bruce Lee in the film. I assumed, actually, they were going to – like the Manson family would go in there and Sharon would actually end up kicking their ass. Like mm-hmm. it was like her karate chopping people, and I was just right. like, "Well, this is foreshadowing right here." So it was still odd that like they have that scene of her training with Bruce, and they still end up at the house. Um, I do have a question. So Br- Brad, and there's a scene with Brad at the um, what are we calling that? The Manson Ranch or whatever? Spawn Ranch, yeah. Spawn Ranch, um, where they know where Tex and all these people like he's pissed them off. He like they don't like him. He's like this. Is there a chance that? They still sent him to that house to kill Cliff? Or was it too far down the road for that to happen? Because he, like, Tex did, met him and didn't like him. They, he, right. Like, I, they, I forget they, if there they, was any specific instruction in the film. when he, Did there, he say go to the house or does he say go to, the, like, Terry Melcher's old house? I, I think he does. I, like, I think he does well, Charles say Terry's isn't, house. It gives him direction. They right. just show up there. So they we just don't show know. up? Nobody, nobody's like, no. go to the house? Go to the old house? Okay. Yeah. They're just, remember, Rick noticed they're in the driveway. And it's like that's the first, and it's like, uh oh. And then, yeah, there's no direction. So, like, there is a sense of mystery of, like, did they go to the wrong house or was Cliff the target the whole time? 
That is that is interesting, right? Because they because Cliff uh, obviously came and beat the crap Trap out, of, out of the one which guy, is, which is a great scene. Off tax. I, I really liked all that stuff on the Every, ranch. Like like it's like he talk, is involved. Like, talk about how what you were talking about uh, off off air about you know Quentin's mastery of tension. Like when you that spawn ranch scene, there's just so much. There's this dread that that hangs in the air, right? It's baseball trade news. There was no breaking news. Oh, by okay. the way. Sorry, I have I have MLB alerts on right That's now for fine. my team. I didn't want to scare uh, Jeff. Say it again. What were you saying? No, just like uh, when you get to the Spawn Ranch, that sense of dread and unease that creeps in and makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Kind oh, of. Oh, that's great. It, that's what I mean. That scene's amazing, and I Tarantino still does tension so well, even in a film like this where it's really at the end of the day, you know, almost a buddy. Like it, it, it really there's it's very different from whatever he's done in the past, but he still adds in five to fifteen minutes of great tension between that scene where it's just like. Is Cliff going to die here? What's going to happen? Like, are they going to kill him? Like, what's up with Bruce? Like, the whole time I was kind of on the edge of my seat. And it, it, there was also the scene with Ricky on at the at Tex and the the two and Flower Girl and the other girl, mm-hmm. like where you just thought like they're going to kill Rick and then go and then Margot's like. There was a lot of directions I, at listen, the end. I'm excited to see it a second time because I want to see it without the weight of that expectation. Sure. Like, you know, now I don't need to be like be watching the whole movie guessing how are they going to subvert expectations in history this time. Now I know and I'll just be able to appreciate what he's doing a little bit more. I love the little girl in this, Julia Butters. Julia Butters is fantastic. Yeah, give her her own Disney Plus series. Um I don't know what anything else to, to talk about on, on as far as the Tarantino movie goes. I, I, think, I think it's gonna. On it. I think it's gonna beat its ex, its tracking Going expectations. 50. That yeah, five point eight last night. I think a lot. Of, I, there hasn't been an adult movie um, for a while. Um, so I, I feel like that is what um, people are are intrigued by and like. You know that I think that's going to get a lot of like people over eighteen to the theater to see this, and like I'm Leo, Brad, and Quentin, like these guys. Outside of hateful eight, those guys. Put I don't know any. Seats. I don't have any friends. I don't have any relatives who don't want to see this movie. I, I, yeah, yeah. I think everybody is super interested. Um, the, the star power certainly helps. Uh, I think it's going to do well, especially comparative, you know, to uh, to its budget, which yeah. I think they kept it under a hundred, which is yeah. uh, pretty good. Um, all right. Let's talk about Venice. This is kind of a touchy subject. Yeah, but you know not? what? We don't shy away from touchy subjects here on the Snyder Cut. We're not going to. Uh, a lot of lot of hubbub, a lot of drama around gender parity at the Venice Film Festival. Is it the festival's fault that the biggest fall movies seem to be, you know, directed by men? I mean, to me, it's this is this is an industry issue. This is on the studios. The v- Venice Film Festival is just programming the biggest fall awards titles, really. Yeah. Like, I mean, where do you – and I understand that, that you obviously we, we need more inclusive voices, and, and I'd love to see more female-fronted uh, and, and female-directed films, movies about women. The top five movies I've seen all year are about women, and, and, and mostly directed by women or people of color. But I just don't understand how it, it's on a film festival, why that burden of responsibility is on a film festival to take on that mission. I mean, I will say, like, I, I when I saw that, I was like and, – and there was all those articles that came out, it's like – well, I'll tell you one thing. European film festivals sure don't want like the Americans and 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 domestic people like telling them how to run their festivals. If there's one thing they're like, listen, you do your Sundance thing, but well, they're like, steeped in tradition. Can yeah, they, they see things like you know they're like I, I'm not in that culture, but I'm just like how they do things differently. Like I just don't know if they're writing about this as much as they as they are in the states. Um, and like you said, they like we write stories all the time about people about studios not giving women and people of color. 
jobs. That's where it's got to start. You got to get them, and, and right. I think like Universal's been doing that more and more with Rachel Morrison getting her recent directing debut, and um, I forget um, Ganja. The person who recently got talent show over there too. They've been adding um, female filmmakers into their and, and writers and, and people of color into their, their absolutely. And I and I can see that as a reporter, you know, yeah. I can see that the studios and the industry are making those strides. But if you're not doing, but but they're still lacking. And if you're lacking still, you're still gonna when, when these films get like you're not sending every film to Venice. Like not every film gets donated. So like if certain films aren't up to par. They're just not going to put it there's in there. Only, there's only so many slots of Venice. It's, if you don't get in, it's not that you're not deserving of a slot. It's just that you're up against all these I, I masters. Also, I don't cinema. know how the process is for like picking their slots, right. but I just don't know if they're hitting the check marks. Like, did we get a woman? Did we get a person of color? I like, don't want is that, there, though. I don't like, want to – like, that's the to me, that's an enemy of ours. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know um, – Again, it's a, it is a complicated issue, and and when I look at and my want, favorite movies of the year, we want more of this in in the industry in general. Like I I wish more people would take like the Donna Langley strive and and start doing it more. Right. Like and I think they are. I really do think there's. I see it more and more. To, that, to me, I, I just I think that it, that women and people are, of color are not getting enough shots on prestige pictures. Sure. And those are the those are the films that are getting into Venice. Yeah, we, this we is talk not so Toronto much about, where there's three hundred movies. We talk so in. much about like Marvel and like DC, and, right? And Star Wars, and we're never talking about like you know um, like like Sony Classics or Fox Searchlight. Like, how are they doing when they come to it? Now, I, again, I, I, they may be doing great. I'm just those when Prestige comes in, I'm naming off those titles. It's right. It's typically older white I think male directors. We, we need to start. You know, when these articles come out, like obviously at the end of the day, when something when a big movie is announced, the director those get a bit, little bit bigger spotlight, and it's on us too to write about why isn't. The right. um, people like why like bringing that because if they're not going to notice it, then I, I don't know if it's in their brain. But like, yeah, I feel like you know it, it because like we care more about like those just drive traffic more. That's what happens. It's just and cause more box office, and that's why we're talking about those films more. But yeah, I think when it comes, I, I don't. I have not seen as many pieces when it comes to prestige films in terms of people of color or um, females getting those where, where they're at in terms of percentage of those films getting director jobs. Right. Uh, again, a, a complicated issue um, and I don't know if the, the head of the Venice Film Festival has addressed it with the seriousness that it deserves or whatever, but I do see his point what, where it's just not on... What was Toronto at? Because there was just so many just films in general going there that I, well, Toronto's we, whole lineup has not been announced, so it's hard to just you know yeah. give up those those uh, percentages and, that's the and thing numbers. Too, right, is like when, when the way they break these down, like you know, if you unveil your whole slate, people are going to do the number game. So it, it's it's I, I don't I, I don't envy anyone that has to go through this process. It's tough on either fronts. Um, but again, I I want like the studios really need to be where it starts at. So yeah, hopefully next year. You see something like Sundance. We're, I would hope to, to see it an evening or thing. And I think we will. These Sunday late night, blinded by the light, the farewell, Wild Rose. I mean, uh, well, Wild Rose was directed by a man, but it's a story about a woman, direct, uh, written by a woman. Like all those films were directed by women. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, that that they're certainly making worthy movies, but that for some reason they just weren't accepted accepted into this festival. Yeah, you know. So staying on the festival thing real yep. fast, Joker, since it's in both. Where do you see this film landing on the awards? Because I've had interesting takes. I've had. I like, mean, if it's you know, good, I think it's absolutely a contender. Like Chris Tapley made a point that like think, it, it could contender. be Contagion, where it's just like it's like it, that wasn't an awards contender, right. but like 
But like, but like with Soda Brewers, it was really I, well done. Yeah, I really like Contagion. But like, it went to both festivals. Mm-hmm. Or is it like The Martian, where it's like? Eh. I think they're just trying to drum up buzz and get people to understand that they're doing something a little bit Very different, different with this movie. Uh, this is not going to be you know action set piece after action set piece. I think it's going to be more of a, a, a mind Scorsese game film. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I you know I would I hope I get to go to Toronto because I would love to check that movie out early. Um, let's talk about Matt Damon. Yeah. Matt Damon signing on to a pair of projects this week. I mean, he's probably been involved with this first one, Tom McCarthy's Stillwater, for a little while because he was photographed a, co- a while ago um, you know, in Oklahoma. But you actually broke the news of what they were working on together. So tell us a little bit about that project. Uh, it's about a – well, funny enough, it's about an Oklahoma oil man whose mm-hmm. daughter is accused of a crime. I think it's murder in France. And right. he goes there to try to – you know. Proof her innocence and realizes the um, the roller coaster ride of like dealing with um, trying to defend a loved one in a judicial system that you are unaware of with the language barriers and how this works and whatnot. Um, which, which basically turns the mirror on like you know uh, what, what happens here in America where yeah. it's tough for, for people to navigate that legal it's system. It's a very so unique puts um, the shoe on the other foot. Unique film for the be again like I thought it was. You know, he pretty much took last year off. Um, he signed on to Ford versus Ferrari, like middle of the year. But he like pretty much after those suburbicom and downsizing yeah, bombs, I had, to, I had to lick those wounds. He had to lick the wounds and go back. And and I, I still think he's very good at finding good material. Right. Um, he took like. Let me ask you a question. How, how many do you think he's reading a lot of these scripts, or he's just meeting with the directors? Because think about it, Alexander Payne, his buddy Clooney, Mangold, McCarthy, like. You know, I, I think I think Ford versus me great, but I, I do wonder sometimes like if he's just trusting the talent because it's hard right. to say no to those guys when in the past they've really done great. Matt shit. Damon strikes me as a pretty literary guy, so I don't think that I, I think he is definitely reading the scripts. I mean, Suburbicon was like a Coen Brothers script, so yeah. I can I can see what might have appealed to him about that. Downsizing is a little bit more of a head scratcher <laughs> to me, um, but yeah, again, chance to work with Alexander Payne may have done it. I this, think. This I mean, again, he's, he's had so good taste, and again, we both. You mentioned this years ago, and we both knew this that he tried to do Spotlight because of like his roots in Boston and how much he like, sure. championed that story. Couldn't make it happen. I think Ruffalo got the part instead. Um, but wanted to work with Tom again, um, and they f- and this scene- and they're, they're working together now on uh, on City on a Hill, aren't they? Or no? No, Tom McCarthy. Sorry, is Tom is loud, on loudest voice. We're mixing up our showtime. I shows. know exactly. Um, he's on, but um, <laughs> but the, like acting wise, they're together right now. And this, I, so I think this this is something like participant, obviously coming off Green Book. This is another like they get another star. They get like Tom. I can't imagine mm-hmm. some costing a ton, but like it, it it gets him into like some of these roots things. And then Segway, you know, he signs on this week to do with his buddy Ben and Ridley to do uh, the last duel, which is a lot of interesting things on that one. Wow, I mean, this one made some waves online because the premise alone was eye-opening. I had some funny texts with my buddies of like Matt and Ben's conversation. Of, like, yeah, exactly. And I had some some and a good conversation with with my editor uh, Haley Fouch here. Um, so listen, you read that premise. One of these guys is set in 14th century France. <laughs> One of one of these guys is a soldier. He goes off to war, and while he's away, his best friend rapes his wife, and then he comes back and he challenges the guy to, to a, a duel. duel basically, it's, again, it's based on history, so this isn't right. like they wrote this story. But the first question you ask is, who's playing who? Do you know? No. <laughs> okay. I mean, does it matter really? Like, I'm assuming. Well, it, it definitely does because I, obviously Ben has had, I think, some some issues. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why. And just like, listen, Casey, Casey's well, but. The Afflecks in general, I don't know if, if I'd rush out to want to play a, a rapist if I was him, but I cannot see Matt Damon 
America's sweetheart, practically. I can't name. Well, uh, I, I mean, his last villain rapist. role was Interstellar. Or he's Mr. Never, Ripley or something. Oh, I mean, The Departed. Um, sure. But yeah, he's never right. been like – like. He's, I can't see Matt Damon raping anybody on screen. Yeah. it's I, and who, I, Again, we don't know the, the script and all that stuff. Um, but somebody's raping somebody, it's, and it's crazy. It's wild. Like The the one thing we were talking like, – so I have this text conversation, like, and my buddy does the thing where Matt is like, hey, Matt calls Ben up, and he's like, hey, Matt, I got a new thing to start with. It's like, Ben's like, great. What is it? It's like, it's a medieval rape revenge movie. And then I, I email back, <laughs> and we get to have French accent. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, a, definitely an odd choice. Ridley Scott. I mean, Ridley will do a medieval movie. Like when, if anybody says, "Let's do a medieval," sure, but film. I mean, this kind of like complex drama about about the rape of a woman. Like, I just don't see why. Why is this Ridley Scott and not uh, Matt and Ben's co-writer Nicole Holofcener? Well, that was and and by the way, that's why I think like someone brought this up. Like, why are we doing this movie on stuff? I'm like. I actually think because Nicole's involved, they're like, hey, we have a woman writing this. This isn't like Game of Thrones. B- where believe me, where, I got that call. Where Benioff and Weiss are um, where Benioff and Weiss are just writing this. Like the Game of Thrones um, rape controversy mm-hmm. was brought up and because well, two men wrote it, right, it was a big it deal. Because it shouldn't be used as a plot device, but, but, but it often is. I mean even yeah. in The Nightingale coming but up, which is great. That is what they're – I you know. And and they want Nicole front and center. Like I was told to add her to the headlines. Same um, here, and I couldn't because she, her name is too long. Nicole Holofcener. I, I worked a lot of characters. it somehow. I I got out like I removed some name. I did it. Um, you got a lot of sway of variety. I, well, I, I got to play by the character count it's, here, Collider. It's well, we had a counter clock too. Like it's it's by how many lines it goes over. Right. Listen, we'll get over headlines. You got Holofcener in there, but like that, it was important for them. They're to sensitive sell to it. The Nicole. That's thing. what we're saying. Yes. Um. Very unique. I don't know. Obviously, Matt's doing Stillwater in like three weeks, so I don't know when this is going. Um, it, so the Ridley thing is interesting. Ridley, you know, this everybody's been like, "What is he doing next?" So and I thought it was Merlin. So what? So here's the line. So what I had heard in March is he was he was he has been attached to this Gucci movie, which oh, is, boy for years. I thought his daughter was going to so, direct her yeah. son. So, but he was coming back on to direct it, and he was like talking to like Army Hammer and Lady Gaga. Um, oh, and it kind of swayed on her that's, wanting to do that's it. That's big. That's a big thing you just dropped here. But um, yeah. But they ended up. They met and nothing came of okay, it, pretty okay. much. So like you know he like that was and then like you know there was thought that he would try other combos and then the Merlin script came in and it was supposedly really good mm-hmm. and he's like all right we're doing this in August so I'm going to start meeting with player and then a month later I hear like oh Ridley is going to Ridley has something else and it's like well, what could it be was this uh-huh. and funny enough like two or three years whenever all the money in the world um, came out there was two screenings that when they first had that come together there was an afternoon and an evening and at the afternoon afterwards he did a Q&A the evening screening, which I went to, he couldn't do that. He was only able to introduce the film. But what he did is there was like a half an hour reception where like they fed the press and whoever was seeing the movie. And he actually showed up to just answer questions, chit-chat, mm-hmm. really cool thing. And I remember being with my critic at the time and my critic – like someone brought up, well, what do you think about doing He's like, the last duel is on my radar. So he has been intrigued by this for two years. Wow. So – and that's what happens with Ridley is he is developing so much stuff that if someone like hands this to him – and I don't know how Matt and Ben's involvement – I think they were producing for a while as well. The, I think the Nicole thing may have actually pushed this forward because I have never heard her involved. I just they, – those guys bring so much baggage together to, to, to a movie like that. I think it would be so much better with, with two completely different guys. It's an odd one to star in. Like when people have wanted these two to be in a movie together for years right. since this Good Will Hunting, the, this is the it's reunion. an interesting one. Listen, you know, I'm open to seeing like because I think Nicole's very talented. Me so too. I think I'm, a big I'm very fan. curious on that front. I'm very curious how Ridley would handle it because it is very heavy. 
um, compared to what he's usually doing. And and like you said, like Matt, like the roles these guys are being asked to play. Um, you know, Matt obviously could play the soldier. I like, but if he's asked to do the other role, it's like, well, can he do it? Um, and Ben, it's like, it uh, like would they ask him to play that role when there's so much other sensitive stuff? Interesting, interesting thing. Obviously, like people described it as air experimental. Um, it was hilarious. Like the really person Scott's experimenting at eighty something. I think it was uh, the Matt. Like um, this was like someone related to like Matt or Ben. Um, okay. Was pushing that, and, but it was funny that that the one of those people couldn't confirm it. Um, right, the, I, I, couldn't I confirm that. the details. I can't confirm it, but but, but this once is someone this. else did, they called to ask for favors. It's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, what's next? Uh, let's talk about this aeronauts thing because I thought that that was pretty interesting. Yeah. The aeronauts got pushed back from the end of October to early December. And uh, Amazon basically announced that it's cutting its theatrical window to just two weeks. It's going to be on streaming on Prime before Christmas to, uh, by December 20th, and we don't know if it's getting an IMAX release anymore. Uh, all interesting, all unique to the Amazon strategy because right. it's like you, they're, they're very anti-Netflix. They're like we go – we do the theatrical thing and then it's – but I've heard that that's shifting. I've heard that they're definitely putting more emphasis which on which they should, on I think. Stuff. But like, you know, it you know, it why this film would they do that with? I felt like the way they handled it right. was interesting. Obviously right now it's a weird time for them. Um so right, a lot all of, of it, all of it was they're missing all the the fest I thought this was an easy festival layup. Uh, I've heard good things. I think it could still be an awards contender. I don't see Maybe it, it winning, does. maybe but. it goes to AFI. Um Though yeah. the last Felicity Jones movie that went to AFI just – like I liked, but like the, what was the um, – was it Ruth On Bader the basis Gans? of sex. Yeah, the basis yeah, of yeah, sex. Yeah, it was fine. But it, but it disappeared. Like it didn't have any momentum. Yeah, AFI is not a launching um, pad. Uh, though you should tell people that. It is a launching pad. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I mean like people that launch it there. Um, so <laughs> right. I, I don't know. It will be a u- unique um, – so you had heard good things, though. Yeah, I've heard good things about the aeronauts. I think it looks like visually, it looks. I just impressive. find it interesting they haven't released any footage yet because, like, we are seeing a lot of trailers for like awardsy stuff. Yeah, I that's thought. true. But Outside I mean, of Irishman, which we just know we don't get until like a month before because of Scorsese, and that's, that's got to be going at New York Film Festival, right? Like, or, if it's ready, I mean, I mean, how can it not be? I don't know, man. You know it how could, he could is. come down to the wire. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of reports about Eddie Murphy doing stand up? Eh. Don't care. I, I no, I don't actually. Like it's like I'm just curious how his Eddie, stand up will, how Eddie's, his actual translate. Man, he Eddie had that moment where he was in Tower Heist and it seemed like he was like getting back into the groove uh-huh. and Dreamgirls and there was like a moment where we thought we were getting old Eddie and it just it hasn't hit man. Like maybe this with this Netflix movie this this fall, but yeah, until like I see like a resurgence. Um, even on the stand-up front, I don't know how well it would play because mm-hmm. if you watch his comedy, it's dated. Not not dated. I mean like it wouldn't – No, it some it of the jokes would today. not flow fly. today. Um, so can he move it to where – because like obviously Chappelle has, has changed with the times. Is he able to? Because his last one was like an 85. There's, right? there's no way that they would pay him $70 million no though, right? That would be for, mul- that would be for multiple yes, specials. Yes, if it's a deal. I don't know how the breakdown right. is. But – and as we've reported, those, those deals are – I mean, for comics, they're they're like like gold mines. The going rate is basically twenty million for a top comic, and, yeah. and he may consider himself the, the greatest. It depends on who 25. came to you. Now, if Netflix came to him, 
Like, and he's right. just like, I haven't done this in years. And they're like, well, we'll give you up 50 or something like that for two specials. He's probably like, well, I don't have many jobs coming this day. So, yeah, why not? I'm, like, I'm curious how his Comedians in Cars episode will play compared to the others in that season, you know? Um, this, um, did you see the Jamie Foxx one? With it was great. The Chappelle impression. Yes. Fantas- Fox is still the Fantastic. best guy at impressions. He is so freaking <laughs> that, funny. The guy's super talented. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to that just Netflix Mercy. movie with uh, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Well, Just Mercy, too. And, and that I've as well. actually heard that he's the one to watch. He's the one just to watch. Mercy. Yeah. Ooh, okay. He he chased hard for that role. Um, and did you see this story about this this movie, The Banker, this Anthony Mackie movie that got bought Apple. by Apple? So it's and, a second it's a film the, now, right? Then. And it's a theatrical deal, but no one knows how Apple's going to release movies into theaters. I'm, you know, it's my understanding that they're going to partner with somebody, and I think that that somebody well, yeah, will probably be A24. Yeah, well, that's I think that's what they're doing. It, well, it, it was announced so that A24 will be providing Apple movies, but it doesn't say anything about A24 distributing Apple. I think movies, that's you know what I, mean? I think A24 ends up just helping them out. I can't like right. for a film like this it, it, that first of all it fits A24's the, the film itself is an A24-esque type movie. Mm-hmm. It's not like I, I don't see like Sony coming in and helping out or, or, or Universal. Um, but yeah, I, I, now in terms of like, do they do like day and date? Are they putting it on iTunes? Right. That's are the they question. are they doing like an Amazon thing? It'll be interesting. Like, what the, the the advantage they have is watching Netflix and Amazon right now, and how they launch these films in, in, in terms of theatrical runs. And it depends on what they want. I, I'm very curious because they're still going at their own. They're Apple. They still have an arrogancy to them of how they run things. Right. And the TV market will be interesting on how this launches, how it goes. Um, and film's different, though. And I think we've learned that. And um, But I think that's – I still feel like that type of stuff is um, a 2020 answer mm-hmm. um, because I think both those movies will come next next festival season. Do you think uh, – what do you make of Universal's Walking Dead movies? I mean I was never a Walking Dead fan, so I'll probably pass on these. But Man, it seems like – I'm hit or miss on these mo- TVs. To, like listen, I, I don't know. Um because it feels like the problem is like the difference between like if this it could be a double and, for them, then then it's like why not take well, the swing? Well, my problem right? is is there it's that show has lost just viewers. Right, I just don't. Viewers. I don't think it's bringing the viewers back. Um, I still watch it, but I know for a fact like you know it's not like my most anticipated how, thing. How to many watch. people watch it? Ten million people. Still a, week, a lot let's of say. people. Like it's still. If you get ten million people buying buying tickets, and, and, and it's like. I know you can't say that, like, you know, that correlation doesn't work. Like, you know, if Netflix has 40 million people watching Adam Sandler, it's not like you're going to sell $40 million worth of tickets What's or whatever. What's the last movie where this – was this Sex and the City? Was this the last, like – Oh, TV. TV, where they're using the actual TV actors to be in the movie. Star Trek tri- started this trend, and it obviously worked mm-hmm. because it's now a balance, where the TV and film are practically the same entity. X-Files did it, and that actually was a big deal at the time because it, like, synced the show and, uh, and all this together. This I'm pretty sure it's like Sex like Sex and City ended and you had the movies. Even if you get only you know one in every two or one in every three Walking Dead fans, I think it makes it worth it for Universal as long as they. Well, keep the thing is, at the end of the day, it's a it's a zombie movie. It's a horror movie, right. cheap to make. Yep. Um, it should be at least. Okay. Um, so if they're it, it all depends on how they manage it. Any stuff. trailers stand out to you this week? Did you like Mister Rogers? I I, no. I thought it looked good. I mean, it's fine. It I don't me. know what the movie is. Is it just about like a broken man, Matthew Reese, and he's going to fix him? I, yeah. Um, Gemini Man, good I'm, feeling, bad feeling. Well, the trailers haven't blown me away. I actually like the last trailer better with whatever song they used. It was um, the first trailer or this first, new one. The first trailer had like yeah. a cool song the, that was this, awesome. This song Mars, the the, the new trailer with um, Kendrick or something. It was like two different types of things. I am excited for Gemini Man because 
I think this is a Will Smith movie that we grew up wanting to watch. Him and Angley together is awesome. Yeah. Um, I like the other cast. The I action looks cool really stuff. cool. Yeah. Looked really cool. I, I'm I'm into this. Um, the trailer though, I wasn't like amazed. That said, um, Aladdin joined the billion dollar clock as we club as we speak. Yeah. Did we see that one coming? No, uh, I don't think so. Not at all. I. I shot so like um, uh, you talking shit about the man mr smith uh he needs some wins before aladdin came out you're eating that crow today homie uh, you know what i i will admit it i definitely i can admit when i'm wrong i i thought aladdin was not well do very you well. aren't the only one so don't like no i know you, you're I know. far from that but, but uh a billion i don't think any you, you of us gotta saw. hand it to will smith no one gets out there and promotes movies like him except maybe you know tommy cruise where did you stand on that one which one aladdin i didn't see it oh you didn't didn't see that didn't see yesterday well, yesterday is another interesting success story. I know. I, feel like. I believe I got called out on that on that one too, and probably deservedly so. I mean, I just it didn't seem like that big a hit, but I guess it has legged it out to a respectable gross, and it well, still has a bunch of territories to open I, in. I so. believe, like, I believe their budget at twenty six million. I'm mm-hmm. actually shocked it's that much because I'm like, who are you paying, Danny? Kate McKinnon? The like, Beatles songs and stuff like so, that. So yeah, that I guess that. Yeah, but, Danny and Richard Curtis. Those guys don't come cheap. Well, why is Danny getting paid that much, first of all? Do you know this film is by far his biz- biggest domestic thing outside of Slumdog? I had no idea. By $30 million. Wow. Like, that's crazy. And by the way, it's still in the top five. I think this film will make $70 million well, Because it's least. for adults and adults don't rush out. The, again, once weekend, upon a time, steals all its theaters. I, I, I got a good uh, yesterday. I got schooled uh, and I got an, a yesterday education the other day. What's the, what's the best movie that you've seen all summer or the worst? Best is Once Upon a Time. Worst is probably Men in Black. Yeah. Um, football. Uh, we're going we're to change gears here towards the end of the show. we got a few minutes left. Yeah. Uh, football we season. Wow. I'm Pre- impressed. Pretty much. I mean, you know, we, we don't need to go. I mean, did you want to talk about Jennifer Lawrence doing Mob Girl? Well, the or? only thing I found interesting is like these the, – the, the A24 film she's doing now in this film are the th- first two films she's picked since signing with Rick Yorn. Rick Yorn is Leo's guy and only Leo's guy, and he's now only Jen's guy. They're, 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 he's the only guy. Right. That they don't have agents. Yeah. He's their only people. And I find it unique these choices they're making. Um, it's he's like got good taste. It's like let's go back to the Winter Bones. What 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 bread and butter? What made you? And get get you back in that, and then come back to some of these more popular films. So I I actually like the route she's going. I don't know when this Mob Girl comes out. It feels like a ways away. I still think she could slip something else in mm-hmm. after the A twenty four film. So far, interesting choices. Um, football, men talk. Let's do it. <laughs> Training camps have started. Training camps are underway. How do you feel about your Lions this season? Um, I, it's there are an, plenty of female football fans, by the way. Go on. It's <laughs> it's an interesting um, – I don't know. Like, so last year was, the, I think, the worst – it's funny because when we started knowing each other as long as we have, the Lions weren't as bad. Like, the 2000s were rough for me. But since I've known you, they've been like semi not as laughable. Yeah, but they're they're, comp- they're they're a seven and nine team. Exactly. Yeah, seven and nine, seven to eight wins a season type stuff. Um, last year was the worst football season in the Stafford era. I think from a toxicity standpoint. I think from a headline standpoint. So like the, I am actually looking forward to it because I think of it two ways. If they're if it goes off the rails, the quarterback class coming out next year. You got Tua. You got the kid from Oregon and the kid from Georgia. I like that class more. So if it it goes off the rails, they're getting one of those guys, and we start over. And we get a quarterback, I think, a a, a new, fresh quarterback. But if it goes good, I think they compete and make the playoffs. Um, I like their their defense. Andy Benoit at Sports Illustrated said they have a lot less weaknesses than you think. I think the big key for me, Kenny Galladay, Kerryon Johnson on offense, 
Like year three for Kenny, year two for Carry On. I think they need to make steps. And then Tracy Walker and Jared defense. We'll see. That opening four games, it's like Kyler Murray, it's fucking uh, it's the Chargers, Eagles, and Chiefs. So I'll know right away where this Are team is. Are you more optimistic about them or the Pistons? Alliance, for sure. <laughs> okay. The Pistons are in purgatory. Well, uh, as, lo- as long as the Patriots play in the AFC East, it, yeah. I, I, feel, I feel good about their chances. I hate you <laughs> yeah. so much. Like, um, the fact that I, I, every person wishes they played in the AFC East, uh, that doesn't play in the AFC East. We're getting East. hard knocks for the Raiders, though. Isn't that amazing? Right? Uh, I can't wait. Two we- uh, less than two weeks now. Yeah, week I'm, from I'm, Tuesday. I'm absolutely pumped for that. Is there anything else you're watching on t- TV you want to recommend to those uh, uh, listening? So what my here's how my TV works. Sundays I have a lot. I just finished Big Little Lies, but usually this summer it's been Big Little Lies, Euphoria, which I love. I need to get into you feel for you. I haven't seen it. You yet. would like that one. City on a Hill. We both are watching on Loudest Voice. Yeah, it's good. It's not great, and Loudest Voice is fantastic. Fantastic. Um, and I actually am watching um Nosferatu, the Zachary Quinto vampire show okay. on AMC. Pack that torn apart by THR. Got critics, renewed. So. I mean, it's not great, but it's an interesting take on the whole okay. vampire stuff. Mondays, I hate watch The Hills. Um, <laughs> I love my reality TV. Tuesdays, I do watch Pose, one of my favorite shows on television, mm-hmm. and Handmaid's Tale. Uh, so Bleak Tuesdays. And then Wednesdays, it is uh, Yellowstone, which I've recommended to you oh, for wow. two years. Awesome show. Um, and Southern Charm on Bravo. And that is um, that is my summer. And then thir- the weekend has nothing. I'm going to watch The Boys this weekend. Yeah, uh, The Boys just hit Amazon. I watched the first one last night. It was pretty wild. Kind of crazy. Uh, I also Did you watched- watch Preacher? No. Did you ever? I watched the first episode and I didn't. Is it better? Because obviously Seth yeah, and Evan are involved. Yeah, it was. I, I, I stuck I like with it, more. but like it's – gotten really weird and i understand why people left yeah is this like, one more like not grounded it's, just, it's like, just more up my alley i mean and i think the cast is better okay um I, and i'm starting righteous gemstones the new uh Danny seen the McBride first episode of that it's the, like i think we agree the last 10 minutes of the pilot are wild great great last 10 minutes I, it's, I think it's tough mcbride is better is best in short doses so i don't know about an hour-long show with him it's like, it, is and, th- and, it is 30 and minutes no it's not it's an hour or is the show after the pilot 30 minutes? No, the rest of the episodes are 30 minutes. Oh, okay. The pilot's that, only an hour. That changes everything, folks. Yeah. Because I thought, I thought the same thing. Yeah, I was like, if this is an hour-long that's show, why I that could wear out its half the second episode quickly. just to see. Yeah, it's, it's 30, 30 okay. minutes. Okay, yeah, that's great to know. I, uh, I haven't clicked Major on that. Major day. Uh, yeah, it really did. And now I, I just cut like how many hours I have to devote to that series in half. Um, anything else on your mind? You reading anything good? I'm fi- I'm finishing the Goldfinch right now before Ooh, it comes I out. I like those trailers. Um, it's it's it, I can get the Pulitzer like you, it's a heavy read, so it's not something I've been working on that all summer. It feels like I finished the Force earlier this year, which we both liked a lot. Um, okay, and uh, there was a Chuck Palahniuk book I read as well. Um, so yeah, that's uh, I just finished Chuck Klosterman's new book. Which uh, one's that again? I don't even remember the title. Uh, it good? It, it was a collection of short stories. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And it was good. I mean, not, like, none of the stories blew me away, but they were all interesting. Um, um, Klosterman's an interesting guy. Um, I've only known him through yeah, the Simmons a podcast. Good, good style. But um, he's unique and very intelligent, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of what I'm up to this summer. You, you getting out of town at all? Traveling? Um, we're heading to Miami, our baby moon. Um, that's right. You're going to be a daddy. Yeah, January 11th. Um uh, so we're going to Miami for like six days. If you n- had to name your, your unborn child after a movie character, who would it be? Bodie. B- Bodie Kroll. I like it. Um, I was going to say Maximus Kroll. It's on the Kroll. list. <laughs> Maximus Kroll. I don't, think, um, I don't think it makes it, but uh, it's Bodie on the Kroll. list. of. That's awesome. We have a long list of names. So. Well, we, we wish you nothing but the best of luck. Uh, and then I guess I'm going to close every episode from now on. I just made this up right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> the Snyder Cut. Yay or nay? Does it exist? Do you want to see it? What are your thoughts on the Snyder Cut? This is the last question. Uh, I'm sure it exists. I don't want to see it. And I think people need to let go and move on with their lives. You, there you go. You heard it there. Zach, Zach has moved on. You guys need to move on to. Yeah. Respect his creative process. Yeah. Guys, that will do it for the first episode of the Snyder Cut. You can listen to it wherever Collider's podcasts are found. Uh, you know, give me some feedback. Let me know who you'd like to see on the show. Again, I want to try to get some some filmmakers, some actors on here. It won't all just be uh, the, the Collider crew. Um, but yeah, hit me up with feedback on Twitter. Otherwise, have a wonderful weekend. Thank you to Justin Crow. Where can the good folks find you? Uh, Variety.com. My Twitter handle is Kroll, J-V-A-R. Uh, yeah. And I'm at The Insider on Twitter, Instagram, and Cameo. Guys, the Snyder Cut, out. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically. Dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.